It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program, and my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the appreciative owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this fine program, devotedly committed to seeking protection for your family, your assets, and you. I'm sitting right here in the studio with my co-host, my friend, my attorney, and his name is Michael T. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Now, you know my middle initial is B as in beautiful. So what is this for today? She did remind me of that last week, but at the end of the show, we ran out of time because you gave so much information about rather esoteric topics when it came to reverse mortgages and Medicaid and Medicare and all these various government assistance programs. My head was spinning, but I was thinking this guy who wrote a book and invented fantasy football. <laughs> no, I didn't invent it. <laughs> well, almost. 30 years ago, you do the math. Did, did anybody ever hear of it back then? And this guy knew what he was talking about back then. He knows what he's talking about today. I was just watching him thinking, this guy is so special and so smart. The T stands for Tom Brady, Uh-oh. who is called the GOAT in sports, the greatest of all time. That's what GOAT stands for, and they love to call people like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan goats because that's greatest of all time. And Michael would never say he's the greatest of all time, but he is a great attorney. And that is why you need to attend his next workshop. But we'll talk about that soon. But I believe it, Michael, and it is the truth. Well, thank you very much. But, uh, uh, you know, I I certainly appreciate the kind comments. I certainly would never say that about myself. I would. And I do all the time. And I tell everyone about you. And this program will be another demonstration of these facts. Uh, His next workshops, you can lock in those dates now, Thursday, November the 2nd. Uh, Lock in the dates now. The ensuing program will, again, demonstrate his intelligence, his acumen, and will occasion you to want to attend those next workshops, which are in person, uh, they're live, et cetera, et cetera, and they're free. But we'll talk about them shortly. Today, we want to talk about Michael Government assistance, even though you specialize in estate programming, you also are planning, you also specialize in government assistance. And you want to discuss today the differences between long-term care, in particular with Medicaid, and veterans' benefits. Yeah. Yeah, so I was asked to speak about this at the Dallas Bar in October, so I figured I might as well talk about it again. Great. Uh, It gets kind of a little bit difficult, but this is really more if you need – a care uh, could be sometimes at home, uh, but generally, or it could be assisted living or a nursing home, and the rules are different. Uh, veterans is going to only be for those uh, who were wartime veterans or the surviving spouse. Okay. Uh, they, the, there are certain non-financial criteria uh, for a veteran uh, or their surviving spouse. Uh, there has to be no uh, dishonorable discharge. Okay. Uh, 
usually when we think about uh, most of the ones we see are like Vietnam or Korea, uh, you have to serve at least one day during wartime. Doesn't mean you have to be overseas and have a total of 90 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's the case for anything before uh, September 8th, 1980. If it's after that, like Gulf War people, uh, then you have to have 24 months of service. Interesting. Yeah, so that. it's a little bit different. Um, for um, uh, for VA, there, so there's non-financial for each one of these things. So there's financial requirements and non-financial requirements. One of the other ones for a veterans, uh, f- non-financial eligibility uh, requirements would be that you either be over 65 or permanently and totally disabled. Mm-hmm. Now, this is non-service. It's different from uh, – so there's another – there's lots of veterans benefits programs, uh, just like there's lots of Medicaid programs. As as I mentioned on a show a couple weeks ago, there's 109 Medicaid programs in Texas, each with their own rules. Right. And But similarly, but not as many, uh, there's lots of veterans benefits programs. Uh, you know, a lot of people know about, oh, you could have a stack grave at uh, – at uh, veterans uh, uh, cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes there's health benefits to the veterans. There's Tricare, uh, lots of different other things. But we're talking here. Uh, typically, it's um, somebody, either the veteran uh, or their surviving spouse, who needs to go, let's say, in assisted living, or if they're in homebound. And on the Medicaid side, it's going to be typically somebody who needs care at home or in a nursing home. Uh, the reason why that is the case is because uh, it, for Medicaid, there's very few assisted living facilities or memory care units that accept Medicaid, whereas on veterans' benefits, it just pays directly just like Social Security, so it doesn't really matter where you are. Okay. Uh, but a lot of people do not have long-term care insurance, and so that's why they look to the government to help pay for care, but there you have to meet all the requirements. Mm-hmm. So the requirements for one program is different than the prior requirements for the others. Yeah. And so, and of course, most a lot of people are not veterans or wartime veterans. And mm-hmm. so if that's the case, then for those people, we look more at the long-term care Medicaid mm-hmm. if there's inadequate long-term care insurance. And most people, unfortunately, do not have that or even one of the hybrid policies. So there's different hybrid policies out there mm-hmm. that people sell mm-hmm. uh, for long-term care. Uh, but Before anyway, we go any further, let me ask you one 101 or 201 uh, question, and that is that when it comes to these benefits that you talk about for veterans, you, you, you mentioned twice, maybe three times, the spouses, the widows. Are they treated identically? No. <laughs> Please explain that. Uh, well, the benefit is less. Oh, it's less money to right. start? Okay. Right. How much less? Does it matter? Yeah. So for the widow of a wartime veteran— uh-huh. They get like $1,433 a month. No matter where they live, no matter their income. Well, it's typically going to be— Sorry to jump ahead if I did. I no, that's okay. That. okay. Uh, it's typically if you are, are in a, an assisted living facility. Uh, so it, so for, for veterans, you know, you have to be—have um, uh, two activities a day living. So like feeding, clothing, transferring, toileting, uh, you know, those type of things, bathing. Uh, so the benefit for the surviving spouse is 1433 Uh If you're single and you're the veteran, it's $2,229 a month. Okay. So you got about a $800 difference. Okay. Uh, if you're the married veteran, 
and you have a dependent, like a spouse, mm-hmm. then it's $2,642 a month. Okay. Now, these numbers change, by the way, uh, usually right after November 30th of every year. So it's coming up real soon that those numbers will increase. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, Especially with inflation, they better increase. It, yeah, yeah. So like everything increases. Uh, mm-hmm. And so same thing on Medicaid. Now, Medicaid's different. In Medicaid, it's going to depend on how much you save. So that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So for veterans' benefits, if we get these benefits, if we're a wartime veteran, then you can save this, get this ex, this money that's just paid to you like Social Security. Okay. Whereas on Medicaid, it's different, and it depends on where you are. So, for example, uh, and it depends on if you're married. <laughs> uh, it's it, it, well, I guess the veterans benefit you got an extra benefit if you're married a little bit extra month. Uh, for Medicaid, let's say you're single and you're in a nursing home. Basically, you give up your income as your share, your co-payment, and the government will subsidize the balance. Now, there are a few deductions. Your Medicare Part B, your Medicare D if you have that. If you have a Medicare supplement, there's a personal needs allowance of $75 ever since uh, uh, since um, uh, September 1. They went increased. For, it's been $60 a month for, like, getting haircuts or whatever for probably 30 years or so. Uh, I don't even remember the last time it changed. It's been so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it used to be 45 I do recall that. Uh, but it's probably been 20 years ago. Um, anyway, they increased it $75 without inflation. Uh, and um, so that'll save you a lot uh, to take care of yourself, buy clothes or whatever. Um, anyway, you get those deductions if you're single, and then the government subsidizes the balance. So let's say that your income was $1,500 a month after those expenses that were deductible. And the cost of the nursing home was $7,500 a month, which would not be out of line. Uh, so I was just telling you off the air, I was involved with this other uh, uh, place that, uh, as far as a uh, facility that covers long-term care, and there it's ten to 11000 a month. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So, so the cost of care is great, and most people are, are – well, many people are shocked on how expensive it is. Yeah, because you, when we started this show five or ten years ago, it was in the fours. Yeah. I know so, that. So things go up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's been a while yeah. uh, because it it's, it's goes up every year. Gosh. And usually the cost at the care, on care uh, outstrips inflation. Mm. So, yeah. so now this is why it becomes important. Here we just talked about uh, that in our example, that's a $6,000 a month difference. So if you're bad enough to go in a nursing home uh, and you had a choice between Medicaid and veterans benefits, you go with Medicaid mm-hmm. because you're saving 6000 in our example. Whereas on the other, you know, if I got just the veteran benefit, even if I was married, uh well, even I guess you have to say single because that was my situation uh, before. Mm-hmm. If you're seg- single, we said, oh, you got twenty two hundred and change versus six thousand. Mm-hmm. So you're wow. better now. If you're in assisted living, and then it may be if you were a veteran or the widow of a wartime veteran, uh, then it might be better to go for the veterans route because the there's very few facilities that accept Medicaid that. Uh, are assisted living or uh, uh, memory care. Mm-hmm. And so so that's the general rule of thumb, not always, uh, but the general rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. 
because if you're let's say that um, that it, it, let's say instead, and now I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, probably the amount of resources that you keep is greater if you're single. Uh, for veterans benefits than if you're single for Medicaid. So let's say, you know, that you were single and we got this, uh, you know, 2200 and change. If I'm, um, if my income is high enough, but I have more resources, over 150, you could keep 150 for uh, veterans benefits where it's only 2000 for Medicaid if you're single. Gotcha. So if my income was um, – the veterans benefit income uh, was made up the difference uh, where I'm within that 20 uh, from the from the cost of the care and I have uh, more assets, then I would go in, in, and I went to a nursing home, then I might go the veterans benefits route. So it really just depends on what the situation is. Uh, now, on the other hand, if you're married, you can keep a lot more if you're on Medicaid, depending on the facts. Well, I guess I'm getting kind of complicated already. Uh, so the if, if on the veteran, uh, you have to have that, uh, you know, some sort of disability permanent in total, or you'd be a patient, nursing home, or some other type of long-term care. You have to have two activities of daily living. Uh, if you're under 65... Uh, the same situation is for Medicaid. You have to get something like Social Security disability or supplemental security income. Uh, so a lot of times people uh, get, uh, if you have very limited resources and you've been disabled for a long time, a lot of times people get supplemental security income. Whereas if you're uh, injured because of work during and while you were working, mm-hmm. not necessarily because of work, but because you could not work anymore, okay. then you can often get social security disability, even if you're 35 years old, uh, and even get Medicare. Uh, wow. uh, and most people don't realize that people that. that are uh, under 65 could get Medicare. But if you're disabled uh, and had worked uh, long enough, to usually just roughly two and a half out of 10 years if you had worked uh, uh, prior to that or within that time frame and applied for Social Security Disability, obviously it gets more detailed, uh, then you could get not only Social Security Disability, uh, which is getting the income that you would get at age uh, full retirement age, uh, 66 or whatever the person's full retirement uh, age is, uh, but you're getting it earlier in life, and you get the Medicare. You know, usually Social Security is your highest 35 years of earnings, Mm -hmm. uh, so you might beginning based on your earnings. Uh, and so it's not – Social Security disability is not means-tested. They don't look at your assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can inherit a million dollars or have a million dollars and get Social Security disability and Medicare. But if you're on supplemental security income, uh, you had if you're single, you have to have less than 2,000 of countable resources. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that do not count, pre-need funeral, um, things like that. We'll, we could get into that in more detail in just a minute. Okay. Um, for long-term care Medicaid, uh, as far as non-financial, besides being, of course, a U.S. citizen and a Texas resident, mm-hmm. you can't get benefits from another state. So if you move from another state, uh, you can't be getting benefits in two states. No, I would make sense. Yeah. We had – it was really interesting. We had one um, recently where that the client didn't even know they had moved from Arizona uh, to Texas. Mm-hmm. But Arizona didn't follow through on the – if your income is below a certain limit, uh, like eleven or $1,200 a month, there's a, a Medicaid program called 
It's basically, I always think, I always use the term QMB, Qualified mm-hmm. Medicare Beneficiary, mm-hmm. where the government pays your Met Part B, even though it's a Medicaid program, it's mm-hmm. called Qualified Medicare Beneficiary, uh, where the government pays that. And Arizona had been paying for a client of ours, uh, and the client who's got some dementia or whatever, nobody knew that they were paying, mm-hmm. and, the, and Arizona never did annual recertification, so they made a mistake. We had no idea, but they uh, found we found out that they did not, so they don't qualify for that Texas benefit uh, if they're uh, we're getting it in Arizona, um, or if you're getting ner- some sort of other benefit, you go by wherever it is that you reside. Okay. Uh, like uh, similarly to VA, there has to be enough of the medical need, but the medical need generally is tougher for Medicaid. So you're generally have to be bad enough to be in a nursing home. Even if you're at home, Mm -hmm. if it's the Star Plus Medicaid program. Mm -hmm. I said, even if it's the Star Plus Medicaid program, there's another Medicaid program at home, Community Attendant Services, where it's just – you know, just more minor stuff. Right. So it the level of medical need also changes on these programs. Oh my goodness, though. You know, it gets kind of complicated, I suppose. Yes. But there is a great need. There's no doubt about that. And I want to emphasize the need for you to attend Michael's next workshop because you see how complicated this stuff is, and it takes an expert like Michael to understand it, to not have to read about it. Um, and to explain to you on the air exactly what the current laws and regulations are and what you can and can't do because everybody's situation is different. And there's 109, what you say, 109 Medicare programs? Med- Medicaid. Medicaid uh-huh. programs. Oh, my goodness. Who can keep track? But Michael can. And this is why you need to attend his next workshop, which is Thursday, November the 2nd at 10 o'clock. And I want to emphasize that the holidays are right around the corner. And you're going to get together with family, fellow siblings, parents and you're going to realize certain things you're going to have discussions with people and you're going to understand that you need michael services more than you realized before you got there and this is the time to discuss things and make sure your parents are protected and you're even protected who knows how old you are and you may have children and grandchildren everybody needs some kind of estate plan i've always felt and i think michael feels the same way too i also think uh, you need to attend michael's next workshop for accountability reasons because michael's in person you can ask him questions, and he can answer them for you. you. You know where he works, and he's a terribly honest man who just wants to help people. And I can't emphasize enough to not believe everything you read, especially on the Internet. You know more than ever. There's a lot of disinformation and misinformation out there, both. And it's safer to do something in person where you can see that individual eye to eye, Press the palms, and that means attending Michael's next workshop again, which is Thursday, November the 2nd at 10 a.m. And, Michael, please elaborate on those great workshops. We ask people what they want to know. I mean, it's interesting that some people uh, ask. A couple of workshops ago was mostly on Medicaid. The last one was mostly on estate planning. Amazing. Uh, And so we never know. So every workshop is different. We've Mm -hmm. been doing it for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And and the questions are different. yeah, so much different that I think I said, and I can't remember what the question was, but there was one question I said, wow, that's the first time we've been asked this particular question in over 11 years. And, and we would talked about it, mm. but it had been the first time somebody had asked. A lot, a lot of times people ask some basic questions. Oh, what's the difference between a will and a trust or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we have a presentation on the basics. Uh, but for the most part, people want to know what affects them. 
what is it that was bothering them that they don't know, that they want an answer for so that they could plan for themselves or their loved ones in a way to protect their assets the way they want or they to make sure things go as easily as possible after they pass okay. or to preserve resources or to uh, to whatever is in the best interest of the family. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, everybody asks different questions, and we look forward to that because that's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so if you want to attend this free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, If you do go to that free two-hour estate planning essentials workshop, uh, then you also get a free one-hour vision meeting. Mm -hmm. And that vision meeting, we'll just talk in person uh, individually uh, at a time that a mutually convenient time to see what your issues may be. And uh, there's no obligation. It's free. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, you don't do anything, that's fine. Just go on and we'll be friends and say, glad to know. You know, or something like that. Well, these are called estate planning essentials programs that we do. These are estate planning essential workshops. And the operative word is essential. And I think your vision meeting is as essential or more essential than the workshop because then you can deal privately with your own individual circumstances that Michael can address and ask you lots of questions, many of which you've never thought about, and you'll realize you really need his help. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, whether you do or you don't, at least you'll have the opportunity right. to find out uh, what the story is and whether you feel like you need to do something or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of people, we just say, oh, here's what you need to do, and that's it. Right. Uh, or here's what your situation is. You know, that's fine. It's, it's just, it's, look, at this point, it's just really about learning mm-hmm. uh, and doing what's best for you and your family as you determine mm-hmm. and not anybody else. Michael told me before the program that he had, or maybe he said during the program, I can't remember, but you had somebody who had a, who was basing something on a law in 1992, and it changed in 1993. Right. And right. that's a little scary. And this is what you do. You're so current about things with your listeners and your clients. Well, I mean, you try to, you know, we did a workshop just even um, a couple weeks ago or so about what the new laws were as of September 1. You try to stay current because this way you could give the best advice. Um, That's why you did the show with people moving to Texas, too, because laws change, and they're not the same in Texas, and and Texas law changes all the time. We even offer kind of uh, an an ability, like on estate planning, where people could – uh, call us as many times as they want wow. because uh, and we have an annual meeting That's as good. a checkup to see you know laws change relationship change mm-hmm. money changes health changes and so because all these things change the average person doesn't look at their things i had somebody in uh on uh, this past Friday, and they uh, said, oh, yeah, I had this will. My kids, we had this guardianship provisions for my kids who are now in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who was the executor parents in their 80s? Uh, and, you know, oh, as, as we age, right. you know, maybe we ought to have some younger people uh, as, yeah. as in fiduciary positions. Right. Uh, so uh, even if the documents were good, uh, the people uh, had gotten older. We no right. longer need guardianship. We no longer want 
even though I'm, I'm, the parents are I'm, are wonderful people, mm-hmm. but they're more the older we get, the more likely of disability yep. uh, or incapacity, uh, and so is that, and, and maybe just physically or mentally they just don't want to handle it. Uh, And so uh, we have to consider somebody younger. So it's just, you know, average person probably looks at their estate planning documents every 20 years. But really, um, the older you get, the more times it should be reviewed because of the more likelihood of disability. Uh, And so... Uh, so somebody may be really young, might not have to review it as often. But uh, and, and even so, I remember that Kobe Bryant screwed up. Remember on oh, yeah. his – we talked about that mm-hmm. after he passed. His trust said only to these children, uh, to my children, and just named those children. And he forgot a daughter. And he forgot the younger daughter right. that had been born. And they, so got, they, had, it, they got a remedy. Yeah, but God, they had right. to go to court. Right. To spend a lot of extra money. And the poor daughter. Yeah, poor and he da- was very tight with that one daughter. Yeah, I think, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you have to, so that's where you have to be careful on things. Uh, yeah. You know, um, so things change. Not only there's, uh, but anyway, uh, the bottom line is things change, and you should have your documents reviewed. Couldn't agree more. Um, sign up for his next workshop. Dial two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com for. The workshop in November. Final thoughts, Michael? Oh, my goodness. We haven't even scratched the surface. But the rules regarding transfers are different. Uh, Five years for uh, Medicaid, three years for VA. Mm -hmm. The rules on how you divide things are different. The rules on homesteads are different. The rules on uh, there's Medicaid estate recovery for Medicaid, but there's not for VA. The, the rules are so much different, um, and so you have to kind of see what's different. When we do trust, uh, there's pl- trust that we do for Medicaid, which are different than the trust that we do for VA, mm-hmm. especially if you plan on selling your home. Um, the trust, um, the re- the way they divide uh, any kind of transfer penalty, on uh, if you have made a gift, a transfer penalty is where they don't pay because you've reduced your assets on purpose to get their benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rules on what's an exception to the transfer penalties uh, are different. Mm-hmm. The way they treat IRAs are different. Mm-hmm. The way that I, 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 the it's it's like, oh, you know. It's uh, Baskin Robbins on steroids, basically. Yeah, There's so much yeah. to pick from. Yeah, it, it's just gracious. it's just so many things. What are exempt? Right. You know, it just wow. uh, it, the, the rules uh, are so much different that I, I I can't even. I guess I probably would have needed uh, eight hours. Probably I shouldn't have probably tried to address this in yeah, the show. Right. But uh, if you want to know more, mm-hmm. come to the workshop. And that's the bottom line. Uh, Nancy Pelosi once said, "We." won't know what's in there until we sign off on the legislation. Okay. Um, the good news is Michael knows what's in there. He's read it. He understands it. And this is why he decries the fact that it's so complicated because he knows. So attend his next workshop to not take my word for it, but go and see for yourself. To attend that next workshop on Thursday, November the 2nd at 10 o'clock, dial 214 Seven two zero zero one zero two. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Our Dallas Elder Lawyer, Michael Cohen. I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don.
leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. The talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.